Blog Talk Radio. The Gate Radio, our Sunday, September 26, 2012 edition. I am your host, David M. Baker, and my co-host tonight, my usual, my angel, is Sherelle. Good evening, Sherelle. Good evening, David, and thank you. Um, thank you for inviting me to be your co-host. This is great. I'm glad to be back on the air. It's nice to have you here. And I just want to send some uh, prayers to those in Florida and the areas in the Caribbean and the south of the United States that are enduring the hurricane at this particular time. Our prayers go out to them, and hopefully that they don't have a large impact from that hurricane, like full force hurricane uh, five or whatever. I hope it's the lowest on the scale. We are blessed with, on the West Coast of the United States, of having nice temperate weather here. Of course, we pay for living here, but hey, it's worth it. Anyway, we're going to have, next few weeks, some guests. Next week, we're going to have Angel Christine on. We're bringing her on. She's uh, new in the psychic medium field. She does angel card readings. Uh, she's really good, and we're, that's why we're having her on. She's trained under Dr. Doreen Virtue. week after that, we're going to have uh, psychic medium Rita Davis, who's been practicing for over 30 years, and who knows what guests we're going to have thereafter. But I'd like to cut to the chase right now and tell you we have wonderful guests, which are also our friends tonight, Sandy and Russ Wells. They are um, published she, Sandy's a published author, and she's also a psychic, a medium, and a pe- professional uh, parapsychologist. We'll be talking about her new book, Trilogy Haunted, Silent Journey of Fear, amongst other subjects. And uh, her husband, Russ, too, they're both great souls. He's also a p- professional parapsychologist, and he's also he also has a gift. He's a psychic medium as well. 
and he also does some fantastic wood carving. There's more about them, but what we'll do is we'll find out on our journey with them as we talk to them on the show tonight. They're both wonderful people, and it's a pleasure to have them on. So at this particular time, I'd like to welcome Sandy and Russ Wells. Good evening. Hi, welcome. To- Hi, Sandy. Hi, Russ. Hi. Hi. She, she cut you guys uh, off. Did she uh, put you in a closet or somewhere, Russ? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so used to talking because of the radio show. <laughs> oh, yes. That's another thing. I wanted you to tell everybody about your radio show. You know, it's, yeah. it's fairly, this, this one you have is fairly new. Could you tell us? I know it's with... Uh, Sci-Fi Radio, right? Could you tell us the name of it and a little bit about it so everybody knows so they can go visit your radio show? Sure. Um, actually, we have two. Um, thanks to our dear sweet, <laughs> excuse me. Thanks to our dear sweet Donna Stewart. Um, she invited us to come and be under her banner of Sci-Fi Radio. Um, we have two shows. Uh, the first show is on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. and that is with our dear friend Rhonda Farah, who is a spiritualist. And um, she works in uh, the health and wellness uh, industry and also does uh, spiritual coaching. Um, And that's on Tuesday, and that's me and Rhonda by ourselves. Um, We're doing uh, open line call-ins for people who are... The first show on this this coming Tuesday is called um, What Defines Who You Are?, Um, because people, you know, they look in the mirror and they see their reflection, but they don't really always see who, they, who they're meant to be. So we're going to try and define that a little bit for them on Tuesday and welcome callers, you know, to call in and ask questions and that kind of thing. Um, and that will be every Tuesday. And then um, on Thursdays we have, we have guests, me and Russ and Rhonda, um, you know, interview our guests that we have on. Uh, like this Thursday, we have um, Mick Doyle from Ireland who runs uh, Eastern Coast Paranormal Investigations, and it will be an amazing show because he always brings a lot of great investigation things with him. So we're excited about that. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, and that's at 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So hope you guys will all come and listen listen into our shows. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Absolutely, you know, yes. Donna Stewart and her fantastic crew there have me yeah, on every third Sunday, and I just feel at home there. You guys, you know, all of us are, you know, a family. We all have yes. a common goal, and um, love is to get to the truth and also to help others, and I think it's just wonderful. Yes. Absolutely. So, so I wanted to ask, since I have you, directly on the line, Sandy. Mm-hmm. Would you tell me first before we get to your book somewhat about your sixth sense? Okay. Well, um when I was when I was four years old and this kind of applies to Russ too because our, our life is so uh synchronized, you know, even since we were kids. I mean we got married when we you know when we were in our early twenties but um our life was pretty comparative as far as our abilities go. Um, my, mine personally started, well, I came, became aware of them right around the age of four or five. Um, 
when I had double pneumonia and I had a near-death experience. Um, and my my gifts as they are, are uh, mo- I, I don't do a lot of futuristic type things. Um, I can, but I, I really... I'm not like the I'm not like the psychic twins, uh, Linda and and, and uh, oh God, I forgot her name. I'm sorry, Terry. Um, <laughs> Terry. Terry. Uh, you might get an email. Over I that. know, and I was just talking about them to Rhonda today because they're so fabulous. Um, but uh, I do a lot of during our investigations because Russ and I are paranormal investigators for about thirty over thirty years now. And during our investigations, I do a lot of um, readings like that for, you know, the past type stuff. Um, I also am very empath. I have a lot of empathy. I don't know how they how people put it, but <laughs> I'm not real good with labels, so you'll have to excuse, you know, how I put things. But um, uh, let's see. Oh, I don't know. I, I do a little bit of everything. So I mean, I I, I I've heard I hear ghosts. I hear their voices. I I uh, have visions and dreams. I have vision. I have. I get images. Um, uh, you know, feelings, emotions. Um, I mean, you name it. I I pretty much do it all. I don't channel, <laughs> but you know that kind of thing. But uh, I've been doing it since about the age of four, and I just recently and 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 I you know we've talked about this, David, but I recently just came basically out of the closet with my abilities, you know, letting people know that I do this because I don't, I I have not in the past really liked doing readings, but I have been recently starting to do them a lot. <laughs> so um, it, that's pretty exciting, you know, and uh, that's, where, that's where my abilities, that's what my abilities are. But Russ, is, uh, his also came um, into the light, so to speak, uh, after his own near-death experience, um, uh, having d- double pneumonia as well when he was about, what, you were about seven, right? Yeah. When he, when he was about seven years old. So, um, wow. I believe, Late I Bloomer, believe, huh? yeah, yeah. I believe his uh, <laughs> grandmother had a lot to do with it because she was very, very uh, intuitive and the wisest woman I've ever known in my life. I mean, she was amazing. And, um, and she, I believe she, she is requested to be his guide because she always seems to be with him. Uh, and I'll let him tell you a little bit more about that. So, well, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. I, I remember uh, get my first experience uh, was when I uh, had the pneumonia, double pneumonia, and we got to come home. You know, they after you get, you know. A little bit better. They they send you home, but of course you're isolated in your room. You don't want to get the other children sick in the house, things like that. And I was um, in my bedroom, and uh, I had a gentleman uh, come in. Um, he was a younger guy. I well, of course I'm over fifty now, so younger to me now is thirties. Unfortunately, <laughs> but, you know, he, he was he was an adult. And uh, he sat down and talked to me well over an hour, um, telling me things to this day I, I still live by. I mean, I, I've never forgotten it. How, how to be, a, you know, how to be a man, how to treat a woman, uh, to be a good son, a good grandson, uh, and generally a good person all the way around. To to try to uh, help, you know, not 
not necessarily take out of the system, but try to give back, you know, more than you take out. And uh, th- this went on for some time, and uh, eventually he said, well, I got to go. And, uh, I mean, he was sitting on the bed, you know. Uh, we were both, I was I was lying on the bed. He was sitting on the bed, and I could actually feel the weight when he stood up. You could feel the, the, the mattress. I, I still remember the, the feeling of when someone gets off of it. And uh, went out went out my door. There's only one way in, one way out. Went out, you know, buy, thanks, all that good stuff. And uh, I was thirsty. I thought I would just uh, go in the kitchen and get a glass of water. You know, I wasn't, you know, I was allowed to move around. My parents were pretty mm-hmm. lax about that part anyway. And uh, as soon as I came out, my mom was in the living room, and she goes, uh, you know, who were you talking to? And I said, well, what do you mean? He just left. He walked out the doggone door. You, you must have saw him. I thought you guys sent him in. And, you know, son, no one's no one's come out of that room. And uh, up on the wall, I saw a picture, and I said, well, that's him right there. And my dad almost uh, dropped over. He says, that's impossible. It was his brother. He was killed two years before I was born. Uh, he was hit by a train. So. Wow. Yeah, that was uh that was pretty much it. After after that, uh I would see things, you know, I really didn't relate them to anything uh supernatural. I wasn't into ghosts, I wasn't into life after death. I was a kid. Uh my biggest concern was uh, not stepping on a daggum rattlesnake or something, you know. Normal stuff for down south. Uh didn't really start until I would say uh twelve 13, uh, I started uh, experiencing things that I couldn't explain. I um, I saw some stuff out at a, we had an old witch tree. They they said it was a witch's tree. Uh, the story was, and there was an old lady, anyway, the story was uh, there was an old lady that lived on this uh, section of land, and uh, she was accused of being a witch. This was probably back in the 1950s. And, um, mm-hmm. well, everybody got together and decided to do something about it. You know, the women are complaining that the men are being bewitched, things like this. And they go over and burn her house down. Well, she was still in it. Well, no one no one got uh-huh. arrested for it. Uh, there was nothing, you know, nothing. It was accidental is what they said, but my dad told me truthfully it was not. And you can go out there, and they say at the witch's tree, uh, you can hear the witch up in the tree rocking in her chair. Okay, now I'm a reasonable person. I go out there. I hear the creaking. I look up. The wind's blowing. The tree's, you know, the tree's rocking. There's a split in there probably from a lightning storm 100 years ago. Who knows? And when the tree, when the wind blows the tree, it moves that crack, and it makes this rocking noise. I said, okay, I've solved it. I know there's nothing out here. Uh, not more than a year later, my brother and I, with my sister and a bunch of friends, go out there. And uh, we're just kind of horsing around, kids, you know, not doing much. Uh, and <laughs> my sister says, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. Well, it's nighttime. There's all kind of critters out there. We got panthers. We got bears. We got snakes. We got alligators. We got a lot of stuff down there anyway. You got to keep the headlights on so we can, you know, we can keep an eye on you. She went and did her thing behind the bush. She was walking back, 
and I don't know what it was, but something grabbed her. It, it was invisible. I couldn't tell you what it was. Nobody saw it, but it was physically dragging her backwards, and you could see where her feet were being dragged in the sand. A good friend of ours, wow. uh, Bobby uh, Mincy, he says he goes running. He's going. That was his girlfriend at the time. Was my sister. He's going to go run and protect her. And he was actually knocked through the air. I don't know, ten feet backwards, just went flying. My brother tried wow. the same thing. I'm a kid. I ain't moving. <laughs> you know, right. Whatever. Right. My sister. Good luck. But she. It let go. It just let go. The episode ended. And ever since that moment, I was, uh, tur- you know, turned on to the paranormal world and started, you know, as a kid back in the 60s and 70s, you try to get all the information you can, but there wasn't that much available. With, with right, a lot of teams right. out there doing these kind of things. So uh, that's when we finally got together and met. Uh Accidentally got on a bus together. We had to get on a bus at the same time in different states. We met on a Greyhound bus in the middle of nowhere. Uh, been married 33 years, so I, I, the law of attraction applies, I suppose. We both had both both had double pneumonia. Uh, both had our abilities, I believe, uh, kicked up because of that. And uh, we found each other in the the maze of millions of billions of people in the world. Go go figure. Uh, and, and all, my abilities, I, I uh, it's silly, it's really silly. But I see and hear famous people. That's that's how these things, these people relate to me. Uh, be it a movie, uh, a character in a movie, uh, a song, an artist, uh, something like that. That's how I get my information. And mostly it's just names and dates. Nothing. Nothing really um, pathetic, or what do you say? Prophetic. Prophetic. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a southern boy. Forgive. Uh, so you know, I mean, it, mine are real simple abilities. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not all that in a nutshell. But uh, I, I do. Yeah, Sandy's sitting here giving me the the hand wave. You know. Uh, I've I've had experiences and I've seen, I've seen apparitions. I've seen ghosts. uh, I've been physically touched by them. They can hurt you, by the way. Um, If you know, let your guard down. Uh, And most of my encounters have been positive. Only one negative encounter ever uh, that for me personally, I've seen other people have negative encounters, but for me, anyway, that's me in a nutshell. Well, that's very interesting. You know, I'm amazed that things, you know, there's got to be a reason why things happen. Like I've always teach, you know, you two were meant to meet and to be together. You have a lovely relationship. You have so much in common. Mm-hmm. And Sherelle and I also, just as you spoke about you and Sandy, Sherelle and I could pretty much say the same thing. Right. She, uh, and both of you had near-death experiences and, Sherelle had mm-hmm. one earlier this year for the first time, and I had one when I was younger. So that's another thing we all have in common. That's really yeah. amazing. Now, what point of your lives did you say, you know what, uh, ghost hunting, 
go in the haunted mm-hmm. house to see if there's something there, being a parapsychologist or somebody that, you know, investigates the paranormal. What right. exactly sparked that? Was there a day that you said, let's just go out and do it, or did, you know, it just kind of unfold little by little? Well, well, separately, I mean, before we met, <clears throat> I had had, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a frog in my throat tonight. Um, separately, you know, when we were kids, we all, we, we both had experiences, like Russ was telling you, about how the man came and sat on his bed and, and, for Russ, it was he was as real as you and me. You know, I mean, he was solid, just like a regular person. Um, and me, I had the same experiences throughout my life. Um, and it came to a point. Matter of fact, I write about this in my book that that I had been so overwhelmed by everything that had been happening since my my near death experience, and seeing these spirits and and them coming to me and. And just sometimes not saying a word, just sitting there staring at me, you know. And uh, it came to a point one time where um, I was laying in my bed and trying to go to sleep, and and I hear a noise, and I look over by the closet in my room, that where I slept with both my in the same room, I slept with both my sisters, and they were asleep, and I saw this man standing there, and I was so frustrated and so angry about everything that I was going through that I just went off and I told I was screaming at the spirit to get out of here and leave me alone and da 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 and my parents like <laughs> are rushing into the room and asking me what the heck is going on because I you know I hadn't told them and that'll that I'll get into later when I talk about the book but but you know like we each had our own separate um experiences until we met and then when we met it was automatic we just we were living in Colorado at the time um when we started living together and I think we saw a movie or something about No, it was at the hotel. It was at the hotel. Oh, was that, uh, yeah. was at the hotel. Uh, a, a young man had committed suicide, and we saw him, and we started investigating it, you know, trying to prove that we weren't seeing what we were seeing because both of us and I, at that time in our life, doubted our own abilities. Yeah. I had heard that you could take pictures of them, you know, and, and some people caught them on film. I must have looked like a crazed maniac running. You know, I was kind of stalking like Elmer Fudd hunting the, the duck <laughs> with my squirrel. You know, I mean, I never got anything, but it it was, I was scared to death. Yeah. I mean, I, I was shaking. I was thinking, my God, if this thing appears in front of me, what am I going to say to it? I mean, we understood that spirits were spirits, but yeah. ghosts were something totally different to us. I mean, it was like, okay, ghosts, you know, because we were both raised, in, you know, uh, in in the church, you know, I mean, both our families were very religious, and so it it had, you know, we were both raised in the Southern Baptist Church, which I don't know if you know much about that religion, but it's very fire yes. and brimstone. And That's so, right, Holy Ghost sanctified. Yeah. Yeah. So so anything that we saw was taboo. I mean, it was like, you know, you don't talk about those things. You don't, you know, they're all demons. You know, I mean, everything everything that comes to you like a ghost, um, according to that religion, at least, the, at least when we were being raised up, um, was demons. They would, they would be demons. So you couldn't talk to your family about it, you know. Oh, pardon me for a second, Sandy. You're breaking up a little bit. Did you move your your phone? Oh, maybe. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it better now? Yes. Okay. 
So what, what did you what did you not hear? <laughs> yeah, it still sounds a little funny though. I don't okay. know if you changed anything. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to it's very interesting you're reeling me in there and I'm trying to not lose your connection. Yeah, it's now, oh, there David, you, go. you know much well, better. Okay. You know as well as I do that every time we get on the show with you, um, we have uh, <laughs> uh that energy. That energy going and it always interrupts the phone. So um, you know, bear with us uh for your listeners because sometimes that happens when when like minded and and spiritually liked uh people get together. That energy just flows between us and it just gets cranking up. It gets crazy. Well, I'm so, glad to do that too, because it does happen. Yes, it does. We've had it happen several times when you were on the show, and actually we caught several EVPs while you were on the show. Yes, and some of the shows I've been on, you you can't hear, you know, other shows, EVPs until you play it back and put on headphones. And there's been right. a couple, which I'll have to tell you about that. This lady had demons in her house, and I heard them actually cussing on the uh over our voices when I listen to the show. But the one with Donna Stewart, I believe you're talking about, was one or two years ago where I was asking this lady if this was so-and-so they had in spirit, and the actual spirit answered on the air, and everybody was going, oh, my God, did you hear that? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, I think I that was when that. you were, I think that was when you were on our show, David, and, and Larry was our co-host, and he asked if we heard... Um, heard that lady's voice, and oh, we right. actually it happened on yeah, a couple we, of shows. That's right, yours and also Donna's show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you may uh, your listeners may hear something tonight that that we don't expect. So, um, just hang in there with us. <laughs> you never know. That's All this right. energy here that you know, transferred. You know, when somebody has a developed or advanced sixth sense. Above average, let's just say, that yeah. goes into a haunted location. They usually are the first targets or ones that get, you know, not only the information, but feelings and attraction, attention from spirits because they can tell by looking at your light that you right. you're, you can communicate with them compared to others. Uh-huh. Do you agree with that too? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I kind of I kind of describe it as a, like like being a lighthouse, and you know that huge light that goes out to save the ships to, from running into rocks and things. Yes. Well, it's kind of like the same thing. Uh, the the light around a, a person who has abilities is much brighter than a normal a person. Well, not a normal person, but a person who has not maybe acquired their their abilities yet, or it's not strong enough yet. They've not realized their own, you know, abilities. <laughs> I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, when Russ and I go into haunted places, um, we can tell you exactly where where they're having the most... Yeah, I, it, yeah. I, I don't need an EMF detector. I, I don't need thermals. Uh, for some reason, I get drawn right to them like I'm, I'm a piece of metal and they're the magnet, you yeah. know, and, and I can go right to a hot spot. Yeah. Don't know, well, don't let me know ask, why. Let me ask you this. Some people, you know, everybody that investigates has a different purpose. You know, some people yeah. try it really hard, you know, be all scientific and just to debunk as much as they can. They say, then they say afterwards, well, we can't explain it. It must be haunted, whatever. Right. Because everybody has a different way of 
investigating. Some people use a medium. Some people go in there like a famous ghost investigator Hans Holzer said in his many books in the past. Team, His team had uh, one or two intuitives or mediums. A researcher and, and interviewing the people that own the property and they would all investigate separately and come back later and compare notes. So no, no information right. could be tainted. So what is your take on that? How do you feel about, you know, doing it that way or what's your method of doing it, investigating? Well, well Russ and I are pretty much old school investigators. I mean, I I, I appreciate all the new technology that, oh, yeah. that has been, you know, that is trying to, you know, people are trying to develop to make, a, a give us all a better way to capture um, evidence. But I also feel like an investigation team, if they're going to go in and be strictly, um, use strict, you know, strictly equipment to gather their evidence, I think they're missing out a little bit. Um, now, most investigators, if they've been doing it a long time, or not even really a long time, just a few years even, they will acquire their own intuitive abilities when they go into a haunted um, location uh, feeling like, you know, I mean, they can almost feel the hot spots themselves. They don't really need to use equipment to know that a place is haunted. And and you acquire that over time. It's just a sense or a, or a feeling or even or even sometimes a smell. It's a... It's a uh, Psyche, or how do you say that? Um, Claire Halens is the uh, ability of smell. If that's what you're looking right. for. Well, no, it's it's like if if you, if you're just a regular investigator and you acquire that ability where you know where a place is haunted, it's like that that haunted energy um, is it's it has a certain smell to it, and oh, gotcha. People, yeah, a lot of people will pick that up you know, eventually. Um, but if they're not paying attention, they won't ever get it. So I, I think, I mean, my opinion is I think that, that that a lot of teams would would benefit by using a medium, um, you know, in a, in, a controlled, in a controlled way and then try Thank and, you, and what? Thank you for saying that. Thank you so much for saying that. That you that that's always been my thing. I I don't appreciate when people go in. Oh, this is haunted. This is haunted. Okay, have a nice life. Bye. Without right. you know using using um, an expert like a medium to come in. If, if they don't have one on their team to come in okay. and help the homeowners out if they want the ghost to leave, if they want, you know, they want to find out what's really happening. They need someone uh-huh. with that experience, that power, that energy to be able to tap in and, 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 and be the go-between. So you could talk to the homeowners, what would you like done? And you can talk to the ghost, what, what would you like to do, you know, and, you know, right. work, out a, right. work out something. Well, a good investigator needs to multitask. They need to be well-rounded. You, you need to be a therapist. You need to be a, a, a counselor. Uh, you, you need to be a, a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, because there, there's so many things that need to be fixed. Uh, and if you're not qualified at these things, for God's sakes, get somebody that is. Yeah, yeah. Don't make it worse. Yeah, because, you know. I agree. And, 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, Russ and I have counseled numerous people um, throughout our investigations over the years, and I would say, you know, getting the evidence is just a tiny fraction of what needs to be done. Um, if you're a medium, then you have that opportunity to not only go in and help help the, the client better understand um, what's going on in their house, um, also what they can do about it if they want to coexist with them. Um, to let them know they're not crazy, you know, that they are experiencing these things and and don't doubt them, you know. That's, that's what really irritates me is when, when teams go in, like you were saying, Cheryl, and just gather the evidence and off they go and they don't they leave the 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 homeowner, the client, whatever, hanging, you know, and still in fear, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't know what they're, mm-hmm. what they're supposed to be doing. So... Yeah. That's, that's a very good point. Now, okay. there's, this is like climbing the stair, get into different rooms, and as the subject deepens, there's more questions about that. But I'd like uh-huh. to save that for a little bit later and a couple other yep. things. First, uh, I'd like to interrupt just for a second. I failed uh, to mention that one of the guests that I mentioned that we have coming up on the show is a new guest on our show. And it's a guest that a lot of you people know very well. And uh, she's going to be on September 9th on her show. And her name yes, is Sharon Kincaid. Yay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did not want to, uh, yeah, she's in the chat room too. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, how could I forget <laughs> to say that? But anyway, the next subject. I'd like to ask about would be mm-hmm. you are working on a triology right now, some books. Now yes. you're both you and Russ have a lot of experience. You have a lot of experience, Sandy. You have a lot of knowledge when I we talked about your other book and I read your book and I was amazed mm-hmm. when I was reading that uh the other book I was thinking about, my God, this, she knows so much. You know, Beyond Life, The Ghost Chronicles, the book you wrote. Yeah. I read it from yeah. cover to cover, and I said, wow, that's all there is. There's not more. I was really, truly amazed. And so I'm sure everybody wants to hear about, and I love the title too, Haunted, Silent Journey of Fear. Now, that mm-hmm. in itself is amazing, enough just to want you to pick the book off the shelf and start looking at it. Could you tell us a little <laughs> bit about that, please? <laughs> sure. Um, well, the reason I called it that was because, as I said before, my family was very religious, okay, and, as well as Russell's. And the first book is about my own journey as a, a psychic child. Um, growing up uh, in my early years of learning about my abilities, um, and not being not having anyone that I could speak to about it, and because I was always afraid there was there that comes in twofold my fear my silent fear came from not being able to tell anybody, and also because I was afraid that God was going to punish me for because of the fire and brimstone aspect of my religion that I was going to be punished and sent to hell for it, you know um and it changed, that changed uh, when I went and was baptized. And it was it was kind of like an eye-opening experience for me, just the baptismal itself. Um, I 
I actually am writing about that right now <laughs> in my book um, because I knew I wasn't alone. I knew then who I was and why and why I, and how blessed I was that God gave me these abilities to help people because that's what I always you know wanted to do. I I always liked helping people before I basically before I helped myself, and so um, it's kind of a it's kind of a confusing uh, thing because my after the after I had the baptism I I really I mean really really understood that I was not going to go to hell just because I saw spirits you know I knew that that I that God intervened in my life to make me who I was for a reason and and I'm a big believer in in things in that things happen for a reason in our lives, and um, so there is no chance, there is no coincidence, there is only what is meant to be, and so, and God made me this way so that I could help people understand that, you know, and I do uh, as often as I can, (laughs) you know, so, and I totally agree, yeah, and the first, that's the first book is is my story, Um, the second book is going to be called The Same Thing, but it's just going to be, you know, have volume two below it. Um, it's going to be a, about Russ's journey uh, through his own psychic abilities as a child and the fear. I mean, he could actually talk to his grandmother about it, but he couldn't really talk to anybody else. And she understood mm-hmm. because she had her own abilities, you know. So it was, but she never really trained him like she should have, um, making him aware of, of, you know, what, you know, how strong his abilities could have been if, you know, if he'd have been trained by somebody that had those abilities in the first place, you know, just like me. And then the third the third book will be about Russ and my journey together as a married couple, as paranormal investigators, or, or basically what we call ourselves, as psychic investigators. Um, and and it's it's just time for me to tell our story, and I think that's why I wrote. I'm starting to write these books, um, and my my whole my whole uh, life recently. I mean, Russ's too has opened up. I mean, to where we are back to where we need to be. It took many years to get to this point, and it, it was time. And God finally said, "Okay." And my guys are telling me it's time, you know, to write this, write your story, and tell people and help people by just explaining what you experienced, you know. And just like you did in your book, David. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I think that that's going to be a great book. I would love to hear about um, and to read about uh, your journeys together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I always think about how, you know, I'm late in life. I'm a late bloomer. But I think mm-hmm. about how... You know, David has always known this, and now that I can look back on my life and see things, and I've seen different things. I saw my grandmother do a few things, and now I know what it means. I, You know, I had another aunt used to throw salt over her shoulder. I was like, well, why, did you, why would you do that? And they wouldn't really say then when I was growing up, but I know now it's, they were doing it to, it's to ward evil spirits away. And, you know, there's all right. these little things that would – um, go on and to get past the point where, you know, 
you come out of the fear and you come into the light about, and, and what I mean by that is coming in, into the understanding that this is not just a gift, this is a blessing. And like you yeah. said, too, you know, it's it's not, you know, when we, we grew up and then, you know, like you were saying about, you know, um, being baptized, and that's how you knew for sure that this wasn't mm-hmm. bad, this was something that was very good. And I, I do, I, I'm i right there with you. I do understand that. Yeah. And you know, I, Go ahead, David. I no, I um no, I state always that there's so many belief systems on the earth. I do uh-huh. not even though I have a lot of knowledge of this field here, I do not profess to know everything, nor will I ever. But mm-hmm. also I walk my own path and not the path of others. Therefore I do not judge or tell others how to walk their path. But Mm-hmm. I was in religion too. Grew up in religion as well, Catholic religion. Now, a lot of people are telling me that yes, I was in religion, but it didn't work because you know I couldn't do this in my religion. And there are those that make it work because you know maybe they just resonate with certain parts of the religion. However, and I never would knock uh, anybody for their belief system or religion itself. But, you know, I get so much of that. I just want to tell people, you know, when they ask all these questions that, you know, I believe that God is pure love mm-hmm. and created us as such. There is no hell. Why would God send us there? I mean, to an everlasting fire and torment. What purpose could be served for God to send us there? Why would he have a need to seek some kind of revenge? Wouldn't it be a simple matter for him to just dispose of us? I mean, no one will ever judge us except for ourselves. Why would God judge his own creation and call it bad? God gave us Mm -hmm. the miracle of life to experience and grow and to make choices so we may understand who we are. Why would God judge his perfect creation for making wrong choices when he laid down those choices for us to choose and learn from? Without experience, Mm -hmm. good and bad, how could we know? How could we learn? So, you know, yes, there's murder and mayhem and all that stuff, but remember, there's really no real death. And those that do it, you know, do go to the light, all of the lower levels, as they learn, they ascend higher. That's the way I look at it. How do you feel mm-hmm. about that? Well, okay, my, my personal belief about religion is I think, now, me growing up in the church um, really made me actually more strong about uh my own spirituality and my own abilities because of the fact that I I had to learn that, that religion is a stepping stone. Your your belief in God is your is your your strength, your your truth, you know. Um now I am I am not a big believer in religion organized religion because I think it's 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 been twisted over over time. Since the beginning of time, basically, it's 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 morphed into different things, and and it's become more egotistical and uh, uh, money grow, you know, money based, um, and that's why I don't appreciate it too much right now. But I also believe that everyone has they 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 go through their life going through different levels, and like you were talking about, I think that we ascend to different levels of our spirituality throughout our life um, and just by the lessons that we learned, you know, our experiences, uh, 
how we go about uh, accepting those experiences, even though even if they're bad. And personally, I like the bad experiences, and the reason why is because when I have a bad experience in life, when something really bad is going on, I know that this is happening for a reason, and I'm supposed to learn a lesson from that. And a lot of people just look at it as, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so um, trod upon, you know, I, I have all these terrible things going on. It, my my thing is that I, I and I tell people this is that I that if you accept what you're receiving, the message that you're receiving, try to figure out what that message is. I mean, there's a message in every experience you have in your life. You know. That's right. Uh-huh. Whether it be religion or not. Yes, exactly. And, and I, I think that when I think people that go to church, I you know, God bless them and. and and they are doing what they feel is right for them. And, you know, that's exactly how it should be. I agree. And although I don't practice religion, but I may not agree you know, with the religions as a whole, the whole program for each one, but there is lots in every religion that, you know, there's a lot of great things in the religion that I really like, but I yeah. don't necessarily have to agree with everything. So I, I'm not right. one that hates or dislikes religions or anything like that. There's a lot of good in there. It's just not for me, maybe somebody else. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, life, we're learning, we're evolving, we're spiritually progressing. So mm-hmm. I believe that's what it's all about, like we're in the school. Because if this were heaven, it's perfect. Why would we need to be here? We could just stay in heaven, you know, for heaven's sake. <laughs> well, I, so, I think that. I think that our ascended masters they they send you know they they teach us um so much if we pay attention you know and and that we have our guides that that follow us um every moment of the day and if you just pay attention they will tell you what you need to know they they're the there are there are teachers you know they're like they were they were um in in human incarnation um, they went back, uh, they they passed on from their life, they went back and decided they didn't want to come back and live another life. They wanted to be a teacher. So that, that's where your guides come in. And they teach you every single day of your life if you just pay attention. Those little, right. bitty, those little bitty things that happen to you in life um, that you may not pay attention to because you're so, you know, how, you know how life is, David and Sherelle, you're so busy that you don't take time to hear the silence. I that mean, little small, still voice. Right, exactly. Um, like those times at night, for instance, if your power goes out, the noise from the silence is immense. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that, but I hear it. <laughs> Somebody crazy. asked me about that one time, and I told them that... Uh, the quietness of our world is the busyness of the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and I think, I mean, I've said this before on a show, and I don't really know if, if people understood what I was talking about, but sometimes when I'm laying at night and I'm being still, and I'm, you know, you get to that not quite asleep state, but you're still, you know, you're still awake, but you're almost asleep kind of state, that, that one, that in-between place. And mm-hmm. I can, I could hear at one point. It's happened two or three times um, over, I'd say, about five years ago. 
um, where I could hear singing, angelic singing. I'm not kidding. It was so loud that it kept me awake. I mean, it woke me back up to the point where I was wide awake. I could hear it. It was it was beautiful, and I had never heard anything like that before. It was a tone that that you know raised and lowered like like you like you would hear in a song without words. You know, there's no lyrics, and I can't describe it any better than that. But it, it, it's it's absolutely an amazing experience. If you just, you know, if people can just if they can experience that alone, that would make them a true believer in anything. You know, I find it that I get a lot of people telling me that when they're first starting to develop their gift, it's, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of us, we just have the gift and it is good. Some people believe that if you practice more, it gets better. But when people start dabbling in it, psychic abilities, mediumship, they report starting to see little sparkly lights and, and things at first, you know, different kinds of experiences. On the other hand, I've talked to a lot of experienced mediums, and I just interviewed one on film not too long ago, Tom Flynn, mm-hmm. and I did two interviews. The second one was about uh, a strange experience he had, because I had one, you had one. I mean, a lot of people who do this end up having things happen to them that usually doesn't happen to people that don't, you know, have the gift. You know what I mean? These experiences, like you just mentioned. So I just thought I'd throw that in there that I've noticed that, and I find it totally believable, and it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was it was such a, a uplifting, hopeful um, experience that for, I mean, it happened like three, I would say probably within a two-week period, those three times I heard that. And I haven't heard it since, but it's like when when I close my eyes at night, I see colors. I see lavender and 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 blue and pink and you know, um, and that's when I know that my guide is right there with me. And my guides, I have three, um, but my main guide, um, her name is Ashtani. Uh, she's she was in incarnation. She was a uh, uh, Indonesian, you know the ladies that wear the 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 Charons. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and she has long dark hair, and she's she was the one that came to me in the hospital when I was a child and had double pneumonia. I mean, she basically healed me. I thought she was an angel, and maybe I don't know if guides have those kind of abilities, but she sure did. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, they do. They certainly do. And. Yeah, she healed me because I was I was dying. I could feel myself, float. You know that floating feeling, and my whole body was was buzzing with energy. I I can't describe it much any any better than that. And I remember her putting the only thing I do remember. Well, I mean, you know, she talked to me. I mean, not with her mouth, but she talked to me, or communicated with me that it was not my time to leave, and that I had much to do, and. You know, I, I write about it, what she said in my book, and I, to be honest with you, I can't remember it all right now. But um, the one thing I do remember is that she put her hand on my chest, put put her hand over my eyes, and you know, I closed my eyes, and then she put her hand on my chest, and then um, I woke up the next morning. That's all I remember, and she was gone. And I kept asking everybody, "Where's the shiny lady?" Because she glowed. I mean, it was like. 
every 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 uh, little pore in her body was glowing. I mean, I can't describe it any better than that. But I called her the shiny lady when I was that age because I, you know, little kids like that have no no vocabulary really. I mean, so I had to learn the vocabulary of being a a medium, so to speak, (laughs) over the years. That's amazing. Now, yeah, Russ, Russ. Russ just mentioned that very interesting story about the witch's tree. I was fascinated by that. Um, and then some of the things that he mentioned in the story I'll, I want to ask about later as to relate to paranormal investigation. But I was wondering, did, does Russ have anything that similar to what you just said that happened to him? When you had your nervous experience. Well, yeah, uh, it was just. Um, so had more than one. I've had, I mean, I've, I've had more than than the one, but a- after after I had seen my uh, my dead uncle, uh, I I too Southern Baptist. I was raised that way. Um, taboo. You don't talk about it. I witnessed. I was probably eight. Oh, I'm talking. Okay, but th- this is kind of related to it. I was uh, out riding bicycles with a good friend of mine and witnessed his death. I, I was there when he was run over by a car. Uh, I was two feet away when he when he passed away. And I, I got, and this is probably part of the uh, the fear title. I was in fear of death for a long time. Uh, what was next? I heard so many contradictive stories of uh, hell, um, Judgment Day. Uh, you know, you, you got to you know you got to live this way here, or you're going to burn forever in the pit fires. You know, and all I, I heard all that mm-hmm. uh, from different folks, and, and it stuck with me. You know, and, and it, and it kind of got me uh, kind of got me up and, and, and scared for a long time, and you know. I would say that when you get these near-death experiences, especially on my second one, you understand a little bit more. I don't, I don't know what you learn in total while you're there, but you get to bring some of it back. Well, could you mention, and, if you feel comfortable about it, briefly about your the uh, you talk referring to the uh, vehicle accident, near-death experience. That, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty crazy. That was well, it's been 13 months ago now. Yeah. Uh, I was coming. I I just went out to Walmart. We were in Illinois, just going to get some cokes. And uh, I, I should have turned. I should have turned right when I turned left. You know what I mean? I, I shouldn't have went that way. I should. If I'd have went another way, like someone, a good friend of mine told told me to, this would have never happened. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, Coming back, uh, it was late. It was about 11 o'clock. It had been a hot day. I was tired. Um, I do have some other problems other than the back injury, uh, other things going on with me. And we, we don't know if that was a contributing factor or not. But I fell asleep. I mean, basically, I just nodded out for a second. And I'll warn everybody, don't, don't drink while you're drowsy. I, I don't drink while I drive. I don't, well, I don't drink, but 
I don't text while I drive. Uh, I, I would advise anybody out there that, that's listening, don't do these things because it's not only your life you're taking in your hands, you're taking somebody else's life in your hands. Whoever's coming the other way is going to have to meet up with that. Thank God the night that I fell asleep, there was nobody coming. Um, I went off the road, hit a telephone pole, um, got wrapped up in uh, high-voltage high electrical lines. Uh, they were still on. Um, I don't remember much about the wreck. Uh, I remember the feeling of flying through the air, or you know maybe it was just zero Gs. I uh, kind of remember that. I don't remember the impact. Um, during that time, between when I landed and when I came to, which is kind of weird in itself, I was uh, in the truck. I was still seat belted in. Uh, I do remember after the crash, I came to for maybe a millisecond, and I hit my uh, I hit my release on my seat belt. Well, I fell back mm-hmm. through the truck. I remember falling through the truck because it was on its side, and, and it must have just really knocked me out then. Uh, the next thing I remember, I was in a hallway. Um, it was in my grandmother's house. Well, my representation of what my grandmother's house was, i, I that's possible, Sandy was just saying. Uh, but it, for all intents and purposes, it, it was her house, the, the same old-fashioned wood paneling. I'm, we're, not, we're talking slatted wood. We're not talking paneling. T- tongue and groove, maybe an inch wide, and, it, you know, it was like that. And my grandmother was there, my my grandfather, my mom, and my dad. They're, they're all gone. And my parents stayed back with my grandfather. They were back in the hall, and my grandmother came forward, and she grabbed my hand. And she says, look, it's not time for you to go. You need to go back. And I said, but I don't really want to. I At that point in time, I had zero, I mean zero fear of death. I, I wasn't wow. concerned about anything. Uh, I wasn't, I, I can't even honestly say that I was the, uh, even considering my grandchildren, my wife, my daughter, anything, I was content, and they would not let me stay. Uh, said that I have much more to do, and the next thing I know, I kind of flash. I'm, I'm back in the truck for a second, and I'm looking around, and and I, I I've got blood all over me, and my head's gashed wide open. I, I just broke. I broke my back in two places. I fractured my T3 uh, vertebrae in my neck, so I was almost paralyzed. Um, my my knee was gashed open. My uh, sternum was was broke, and uh, I had a bad gash on my head. Uh, now, I don't know. Now, see, I say I remember coming to. I don't know if that's accurate. I remember looking up. And there was a hand. I could see the I could see the truck. I could see the door of the truck. And there was a hand and said, Come with me. And I reached and I grabbed the hand. The next thing I know, I am walking, I am well away from the wreck area. I don't even know how this even happened. I'm I'm well away from it. And I'm walking and I seen this lady and honestly it looked like she glowed. 
I mean, you know, I mean, it looked like she had an aura around her. And the closer I got, you know, I, I was like, a few more steps, a few more steps, and I'll be there. By the time I got to her and the moment she touched me, I collapsed. And the doctors, could, they could not figure out how in the world I even walked. They, they couldn't figure it out. They didn't know how I got out of that, that, that truck alive. Uh, she wow. looked across, heard the accident, and came running. Um, you know, and from that, I've, I've gotten these little mini-visions. Uh, I'm supposed to uh, educate and teach what I know. All of a sudden, and this is the really strange part, I, I had never really even tried this. I, You know, I'm a kid. When I was a kid, you know, you whittle on stuff and you try to mess around. And I'd done a couple of things here and there, but nothing nothing like what I'm doing now. All of a sudden, I can carve wood. And you're talented. And, well, people say I'm talented at it. I just look at it as uh, the best way I can explain it, and, and this, is, this is no... I'm not trying to take anything away from myself. The tools seem to do the work. I'm just hanging on to them. The wood tells me what it wants to be. I'm just knocking away the stuff that's on top. I, I don't. I don't. I don't look at it as what I'm doing. I'm looking at somebody. It's like somebody else is doing it through me. And I did have my uncle, the one that had uh, died in the, in the train accident, was a woodcarver. So well. That's, that's, that's the one. Oh, something happened. What? What'd you say? Sean? Sorry about that. Sorry about that. And Russ, was that oh. the one that sat on your bed? Yeah. Yeah. And and somehow, wow. I don't know why. I mean, we're my grandmother was full blooded Cherokee. My mom was a half. I guess I'm quarter. Uh, which would have made my uncle a full. You know, well, he'd been half because my, my grandfather and grandmother were married forever, so there wasn't any uh, uh, different husbands and wives. I mean, they, yeah. so he, he was half. But um, he carved wood. It, it, was, it was a passion of his, and, and he died young. And then when I, uh, when I passed away and got the chance to come back, and I honestly, I believe I died and was brung back, Somehow, his energy got shoved into me, and I can carve. And that's that's where I I just I, I there's like Sam said there's no accidents, um, and I keep I, I I'm learning. Um, don't get me wrong because I'm gonna tell you what, folks. There's some people out there that can carve some beautiful stuff, and I'm I'm awed by all the craftsmanship now that I see because I know what's involved. It's it's not just you know slapping some paint down and and you call it good. I mean, some of the stuff like uh, my buddy down in Australia, uh, Robert White, he does magnificent jewelry work. Uh, there's Mary, Mary, Mary. She's got her crafts. She does. There's so many I can't mention, and and I would love to. And now I really, really appreciate uh, what they do and what's involved. But I guess the the most important thing that I've gathered or gotten from all this. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. I'm going to enjoy every day I got left because I don't know the Lord could decide to buzz me out tomorrow. Uh, uh, it's, it's real easy. I, I, like I said, I got other problems too. 
but I I look at it as a uh, as a blessing. It's not it's not a hindrance. It's not a curse. Um, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, if if I do go, all you ghost hunters are in trouble because I know how everything works and I will mess with you. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I said you would. But, you oh know. boy. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's that's pretty much uh, yeah that's pretty much it for me. I I think er, what what happened to me. Uh, I've 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 come very very close to going home twice, and that's where it is. It's home. It's it's I I think it's what everybody or whatever you uh, perceive it as, for me, it's home. Um, everybody I know is there, and they're waiting on me, and when I go there, if I go first, Sandy will be coming. Um, there, There is no coincidence. We didn't meet by accident. We ain't been together this long by accident. And I just lost all my fear uh, of death. I think that's the reason I got into paranormal investigation. A lot of people don't want to admit that, but uh, watching my young friend die that day, I was curious. What happens? when we die and then i've even asked this question a lot of times when we were having our show why do we do what we do why what are we looking for overall is it is it the existence of life after death are you looking for that for your uh your needs or their needs i mean is it your fear or their fear you know i think you're helping Uh, a lot of people that's what i want to do just help and that, that's what I'm going to do with the rest of the time i got left is I'm going to educate, travel. Uh, travel. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to enjoy my friends, and hopefully they'll enjoy me. And then when I go, you can all get, because I'm going to be cremated, you can all get together and spread my ashes or whatever, <laughs> flush me down the toilet. I don't care. I'm done anyway. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, you know, you couldn't put it better. Your, your spirit guides, you, you said you had three. It must be Mo, Larry, and Curly. <laughs> I oh, just kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I intend to have a good time for the for for whatever's left and whatever the man upstairs because you know, hey, the, I do believe that there is a, a higher being in control. Sure, I just like I'm I'm like you, David. He he did not go through all this trouble to send me straight down to a burning furnace. For a learning experience, I sorry, I can't, I can't buy into that. I, I think that we're all going to be very happy. I think we're in a learning ground right now, and you know, get get what we, you can from it. Well, you know, why threaten you if you slip up? You know, threaten to send you to hell because you slipped up. You know, so to keep you in line. Like, I don't believe. You know, I believe that how could we learn if we don't slip up? You know what I mean? Does yeah, not have right. this school. So, no, God's pure love is incapable of doing anything, you know, negative. We are because right. we're in this dimension. You know, we're capable of it, but we're given intelligence and feelings to know the difference what we perceive to be right and wrong and try to work with that. Sure, we're all going to trip, you know, but we don't learn it's it's like maybe after seeing that happen to your friend there maybe it made you appreciate other friends a hundred times more than just before the accident maybe you learned something from that i don't know but that's probably part of the whole picture don't you think yeah yeah really i do because uh i uh, before before that you, you played with kids 
and it, you took everything for granted. Uh, they're going to be there in the morning when you wake up. If you go to bed, they're going to go to bed, and you're going to get up tomorrow. You're going to go to school. You're going to do this. When at a young age you witness that, just a lot of your perspectives on how how quickly a friend can go. Uh, I had another incident like that. A friend of mine, uh, his girlfriend, uh, we 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 were friends, you know, all of us, obviously. But his girlfriend um, apparently developed a, a meningitis. Uh, one day she's fine. Uh, the next day she's sick. Two days later she's dead. You know, and and wow. that really that that kind of thing. When I make a friend, I make a friend for life. I, I don't I don't mess around. Uh, I'm a true friend. I, I'm, I'm a habit I'm a habit forming rascal, obviously. But a lot of that. <laughs> Hold your friends close. That's about the best advice I can give you, because and your family, because in a blink of an eye, oh, yeah. my my mother was killed by a drunk driver one night. I, I got a phone call that changed my life again. She was killed in a second. I mean, that's how fast things can change. And I think that message was because you were drinking. Yeah, and that stopped me from drinking and driving. So, yeah. See, you learned something from it right there. Now, uh. We're going to take a, a break for just a few minutes with a little music. And then when we come back, we're going to get into some more interesting questions. If that's okay cool. with you guys. Sounds good. No problem. Okay. We'll see you all in a few minutes. Go get some water.
Alrighty. I hope everybody enjoyed their break, got their soda pop, went on the little kitchen runs, and what other rooms you have in the house you can find to go to. We are back with Beyond the Gate Radio. Your host, David Baker and Sherelle Baker, with our wonderful guests, Sandy and Russ Wells. And boy, did they have some very, very interesting things to talk about. You know, I'd like to stay in, in more, get more of that, but we only mm-hmm. have so much time on the show. So now I'd like to jump to another spot. You know, paranormal investigating. So mm-hmm. many people are doing it now. You know, it's like coin collecting used to be popular in the 50s and 60s. People like electric trains or whatever. Now, you know, it seems to be uh, paranormal investigating is very popular. There's so many shows now on in on the TV and cable and everything. And then there's also a lot of people getting in trouble doing that too. Like, you know, they see it on TV so they go out and do it or they don't get any experience or bother to get research and then they end up, you know, not only perhaps not helping the homeowner, maybe going to it for the wrong reason, or end up getting attachments to them and bring them home, and then things aren't going so good. Do you have any advice for somebody that's just beginning to do these things, you know, paranormal investigating? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a lot of advice. <laughs> I know Russ does too. Um, I would say you know, my advice would be if you want to start out as a paranormal investigator and it's something that you become very passionate about doing, um, make sure there's a few things that you really need to make sure you do. One is if you're doing an investigation for someone, please uh, make sure you follow up with them after the investigation. Don't just leave them hanging without any uh, reasoning or hope that there's they might find some kind of solution to the paranormal activity they're experiencing. Um, Two, I would say that um, maybe get a, you know, get somebody that will mentor you on not how to investigate because that's up to you, totally up to you, but maybe some procedural things that might help you um, gather the evidence or, uh, consult with your clients and make sure that your clients, because that actually, if you're if you're doing an investigation for somebody, your client or, or the purple, uh, person you're trying to help is the most um, important thing about that investigation. You need to make sure that their that their well-being comes first before everything else, because they're calling you because they're scared. They, you know, because of their belief system or whatever the case may be, they need your help, and that's why they called you. If you can't handle that situation, please contact a team that or or an individual who has been involved in paranormal research for a long time or many years and get their advice or send the client to them if you can't handle what's going on. I mean, I mean, what do you think, Russ? Mine comes down to motive. Uh, what's your intent? Okay, are you uh, are you on the verge of uh, signing a deal, or 
is someone offering to walk around and film you? Are you looking to get on TV? These are fine goals, and I, I don't have a problem with anybody that can get on TV, and I don't have a problem with anybody that is on TV. But when you start using the client and the ghost, or, or they're yeah. friends of ours, ghost. That's the name of our little gig is friends of ghosts because we consider them friends. Are you there to exploit them? Are you there to help them? Are, are, are yeah? Are, are you going to turn them into a circus play, a circus attraction where you know? Uh, what it's your motives? It's always down to motives. Sandy and I, uh, first and foremost, is to help the client, um, especially if there's children involved, because God knows it, it is frightful uh, being a child and experiencing that, as we've discussed previously. Um, if if you if you're just going in there to make a name for yourself, well you you're not doing anything for the client, you're doing it for you. Um it's an ego trip. Um a lot of these a lot of these groups, um, they charge. I I've never charged. I never will charge. Uh donations, hey, I don't have a problem with donations. If someone wants to donate money, fantastic. That it, you know, if it helps cover your gas or, or something of these natures. That that that's one thing, but when you go in and you and you put down a set price for coming in and, and to to help somebody, well then you're not a paranormal investigator. You're a salesman of fear. Uh, I'm sorry, but that that's my feeling on it. Um, it, it for me it, it's it's about motive. Uh, if your heart ain't in the right place, I mean you can go in there looking for evidence. That's fine. Uh, a lot of people want want answers. But for God's sakes, you know, like like I said before, it, if you're going to do harm, get out. Don't don't do harm because they're they're already in fear. They don't they don't need it added on. If you're going to instill more fear, you're not helping. You're throwing gas onto the fire, and we all know what happens when that when that goes on. The flame gets hotter, and people get burned. Uh, so yeah, that my main thing is is the motive. What what what's in it for them? We we had a, a crew follow us around. We were so close to getting our own TV show, but we would not uh, we would not compromise on our ethics because they wanted drama. One, they wanted us to have this imaginary thing going on in the group where we were having problems with some some member or something, which wasn't true. We weren't going to do it. And then they wanted us to uh, kind of fake stuff, you know, and, and spice it up a little mm-hmm. bit and things like this. For rating. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then they said, well, you guys are boring. Hello, it's paranormal investigating here. You know, it ain't, it. things don't jump out of the closet and suck your brains out with a straw. It, it just don't happen. But that's what yeah. they want. They want the Hollywood version of, you know, hey, is, is somebody getting attacked here? Uh, I've been attacked. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have attacked. I would say it was self-defense. It was a warning. So I and I do not blame the entity that hit me one bit. It, it made it, I got an instant dose of respect for what they can actually do. It was caused by somebody else. It was caused by somebody else. I was just in the way, and uh, it was a it was a, a very very sobering uh, realization of what can happen. So. Check, you know, hey, when you go into these investigations, check your ego at the door, check your fear at the door, 
and have the right motive when you go in. You're going in to help the client and the ghost. If, if, if these two things are not in place, I'm sorry, you're doing it for the wrong reason. I agree. Ed, do you use any type of protection before and after you do it so you don't get ghosts following you home or any method that you, yeah. you know, practice? I'll let Sandy tell you what we do it every time. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, All right. Well, what we do um, is, uh, well, you know, it's just become a common practice for us because of our abilities. We always protect ourselves, even even before we counsel people or anything, because we just don't want that attachment, you know, because it can happen. Um, so what we do it's kind of like placing a bubble. I mean, we say prayers, yes, of protection, but we also place a bubble around us, kind of like a bubble of energy that that withstands um, anything that approaches too close to our energy because it can be damaging, as you know, David. I mean, you know, um, it can drain you quicker than a battery. I mean, it's like somebody like having somebody unplug you from a wall. <laughs> you know, so yes, most definitely. Yeah, I mean that's what we do because it, it's just, and that that's another thing I would tell any new investigators is please, you know, always, uh, you know, use a protection p- prayer. You can use Saint Michael's protection pl- prayer. That works really good. Um, you can uh, imagine a a a a span's of a bubble like thing around you. Um, that gives you protection from, like I said, any energy coming towards you. If you can imagine that, you know that happening. Um, yeah, I mean, just you know, that's that was that would be another piece of my advice. And make sure you protect yourself because there are some things out there that you know may not be demons. Believe me, I I I have never experienced a demon yet, and I don't want to. But I have I have on many occasions experienced a dark, what I call a dark spirit, which would be somebody in life that was not a good person, you know. And when they die, they they just seem to get that that much more powerful or try to be that much more powerful over you, you know, as a sure. kind of a victim. Yeah. Now, do you so, know of anybody that has had the ghost follow them home? Yeah, me, yeah, me and Russ on several yeah. occasions. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that? You know, some of the more interesting experiences. I mean, I know it's probably annoying, oh, but what? Tell the listeners that for some reason that may have happened, and what exactly did happen? I'm sure a lot of people are curious. Well, ha, we uh. We did an investigation here in Washington State at the Oxford, I believe, the Oxford Saloon. Was that the night? I don't know. We've done so many. I can't remember. I, I believe that's when it was. Um, we came home, and um, we did not do one of our normal things. Uh, a lot of times, pretty much 9% of the times, even when we go into gra- uh, graveyards or cemeteries, uh, we turn around and we look and we flat say, you cannot follow us home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're not allowed to uh, because, uh, believe me, you don't want them in your house. Um, we came home from an investigation. We were tired. We didn't even think about it. 
you know, we did our protection before we went in. We thought we were good and probably got, we did it uh, right up to daylight, you know, and everybody's real tired, so we just packed up and got out. And we didn't say that. And um, we were in the, the house the next day, um, and I'm sitting, I'm sitting, uh, Sandy's like, I think she was uh, in taking a shower or doing something in the next room. And I'm sitting in the living room. And uh, right behind my head, there, was you right there? Uh, there was this really loud slap, uh, like a pair of hands going together. It was a pop. It was very loud. And we're sitting there looking at each other. We're going, wow, what's this? We grabbed the camera and we started firing off photos of, every, you know, the whole room, the whole house. Uh, and we caught a couple orbs up in the ceiling now. Uh, does that mean anything? Well, orbs is another subject that we could go into, but I really don't place much stock in them. Uh, I've seen some very cool stuff, even on video, that I can't explain. But there again, someone probably out there could explain it. You know how that goes. But we we had to, uh, I mean, even our dog noticed something was up. He was barking. He was going off. Uh, or she, I'm sorry. We got bear now, so every time I talk about the dog, it's a he. We had to actually uh, get very forceful and tell them to leave. And then after we were pretty sure they were gone, we had to do a protection back over us again so that they didn't come back in. Uh, I mean, we know of people that's been to investigations and got uh, tag-alongs. We like to call them tag-alongs because they just... They're hitchhikers. They're going to follow you home. This one uh, young man in Illinois brought something home that was very, very bad, and it plagued him. I mean, plagued him. And uh, uh, eventually uh, we all got together and got rid of it. Well, Sandy was probably the, the main one that, that worked on that. But, yeah, you, you you don't expect it. It's something you can't see, you can't smell. You don't even know it's with you. You you almost get that, uh, like, I like to call the woo-woo factor, you know, the, there you go, the Three Stooges refer, reference again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my woo-woo factor, uh, I can feel it sometimes when we're riding down the road, you know, and it, sometimes when you're coming home from an investigation, if you still got that feeling, you might have something with you. And it, it, sometimes, uh, Sandy can tell you about this, sometimes they don't want to go home, and it is Super hard to get rid of them. I can tell them about one. Yeah, uh, Sandy's. She's got one for you right here. Just. <laughs> um, we have a friend that lives in Illinois, and he went to a cemetery with some friends of his, and he came home, and he started noticing some strange things happening. And he's got two kids, so obviously, you know, that freaked him out a little bit because he don't he didn't want to bring that stuff home to his family, you know. So it took me and another medium. Um, that could, you know, she kind of does that remote viewing thing where she can go to the the thing and, and communicate with the spirit, that kind of thing. And so we ended up getting rid of it, but it was, it was a battle. I mean, that, and it wasn't a demon. It was a very bad guy. I mean, he was, I, I would describe him as looking like the Grim Reaper almost, but, um, <laughs> but wow. that's just me, but. He was actually a a mortician that did uh, unspeakable things to his dead clients. 
Oh. And that's grody. He stayed, he stayed in the cemetery. Well, he decided to go home with our friend, so we had to get rid of him. And that wasn't that. Like I said, that was not easy. So you know, like like you know, we've been talking about make sure you protect yourself as best you can because even though you do, does not necessarily mean that you're going to um, not have somebody follow you home because it does happen. So. Oh yes. Well, thanks for those examples. Uh, I'm sure you have more to tell. I just wanted uh, to ask you if you can tell the audience what's the difference, you know, in a haunting between an interactive spirit and a magnetic imprint haunting. Can you explain okay. that? Good question. Yeah, a lot of people call them residual hauntings. I mean, you know, there's a various types of haunting, supposedly, um, where one... Okay, uh, an intelligent haunt would be one, uh, a ghost that's interactive that you can get EVPs from. Um, uh, You can get video of them sometimes, which is rare, and photos rare, (laughs) you know. Um, But mostly your your main evidence is going to be your EVPs, okay. Then you got the residual residual haunts or imprints, where the energy from past experiences uh, could be traumatic, could be could be good, could be bad. I mean, you know, it just, just depends on whatever the history of the building was. It will soak itself into that space and leave an imprint. And you will see, for instance, a lady walking down the hall going into a door, and she'll do that over and over again, kind of like watching a movie if you're, if you want to, you, you replay the movie over and over She's going to do the same thing every time, and she's not going to pay any attention to you. That's pretty much what an imprint is. Um, Then you also have uh, where um, energy from a person can get attached to objects, like a bed or a piano or or even a a button. I mean, it can be that small, and it will cause... um, If someone buys that in an antique store or whatever and brings that home, then they're bringing that energy with them. And it can cause problems, you know, in your house because then they, it, it's kind of like their energy detaches from the object and then causes problems in your house, like lights going off and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's... it's, it's is that kind of like the items that on the show with John Zaffis that he's removed those objects from the haunted place and everything quiets down, if you're familiar usually, with that yeah. series? Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I totally believe in that. I can tell you a little story about my sister, what happened to her. She was an antique dealer, and she had her own antique store. Oh, my my God. (laughs) Yeah. She brought home uh, um, several items from the antique store to put in her house. Well, okay, one of of that was Native American uh, photographs and a a Chiquina doll, which, which there's quite a history about that if you ever want to look it up. Um, they're handmade for one person and they're not allowed, they're not supposed to be passed down to anybody or anything. If the person dies, you're supposed to get rid of it, you know. Um, right. Which, which, and if you don't, um, it's like being cursed. This is their belief, the people that make them. I think it's the Spanish, uh, like Latin people, you know. Um, and anyway, so if, if when that person dies, you're supposed to destroy that, that doll. Because that that releases the energy from the doll, you know, their energy from that doll, 
And if you don't and you bring it into your home, a lot of times it will make you sick. I mean, you'll you'll start having health problems. Um, I mean, just a numerous amount of different experiences from it. Um, she also brought home a, 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 a photograph or, or a portrait of a lady. And I went to her house one time, and that woman was in her house. I saw her. And when I saw the photograph or the, the portrait on my sister's wall, I said, that woman is in your house. Wow. And she goes, she goes oh, great. <laughs> she says, how do I get rid of her? I said, well, um, I would get rid of the portrait, for one. And, you know, and then she also had, uh, what do they call those darn, the record player back in the, the gramophones. And she brought one home to repair because it wasn't working right. Or the armor on the needle thing fell off or something. I don't remember exactly what it was that was wrong with it. But she brought that home and got a man that came in her house that was dressed in a brown pinstripe suit. Um, He was elderly, you know, well, not elderly, but he was probably in his mid-60s. Um, and he was roaming around her house, you know. So I told her, I said, you know, you need to get rid of all this stuff because you're bringing this stuff into your house. And she suffered from uh, chronic, what do they call it, chronic fatigue syndrome after all, after she started bringing all this, yeah, after she started bringing all this stuff into her house. I I have, that makes sense. I I have a client that I've been working with lately and after talking with her, her husband collects, you know, war memorabilia, and specifically he has a collection of uh, Nazi, you know, insignia and different items of that nature. Well, the she doesn't like it, but the problem she has is with one of his latest acquisitions, which he has had for probably about a year now. It's a, a dagger. I think it's an SS dagger. Anyway, uh, this dagger was brought home as a souvenir, but you know the person was killed with it, and who knows how many others. And she right. says that's been causing problems in the house, not the other stuff, which you know may have been off a uniform or maybe surplus or something. But this one here was actually used in that fashion. It had a lot of nasty stuff attached to it. I told her, you know, to talk to him and get rid of it, but she hasn't convinced me itself to talk to her again soon. But uh, you're you're totally right, you know. I can tell lots of stories, too. But as far as items go and spooky things, do you ever do, some some groups do, some groups don't. Do you ever do, like, a seance or use a Ouija board or any other thing besides, you know, EVP and film? Do you ever do anything like that, or have you tried it? And if, if um, yes or no, what's your feelings on it? Well, I, I, I have used a Ouija board in, in my when I was younger. Um, I've experimented with a lot of different things, as you can imagine, over you know <laughs> thirty years of investigating, uh, well, thirty plus years of investigating. Um, but I don't know. We we I've used dowsing rods to communicate with. Uh, uh, a little girl that I was trying to help cross, um, a little girl spirit that I was trying to help cross. Uh, I've used um, kind of like, kind of like a Ouija board, I guess. But it's it's just, oops, 
Yeah, it was uh, it was like a bar glass, and we turned it upside down and used it like a planchette, you know, for yes and no questions and stuff like that. Um, wow. Um, let's see. And that was an interesting experience, let me tell you, because that, that glass nearly flew across and hit the room. We, or hit the wall. We work with people that use crystals. Yeah, we work with people that use crystals. And, you know, uh, what do they call them? Uh, pendulums. Pendulums. And, right. you know, we've, we've done probably just about everything that's out there, at least once or twice, you know. We don't exclude any kind of investigation. Uh, I mean, you know, I I like to learn. Yeah, yeah. If I, I don't agree know what with I'm, it. For the experience, you know, and, and see what happens. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, you I'll, know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to ask Russ something after you say this. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that that you know even when we do EVPs, we're communicating with spirit. Um, and just to let everybody know out there, you know, you're communicating with ghosts and you're requesting that they answer you. Well, that's no different than using a pendulum or using a crystal or a dowsing rod or EMF meter as a communicator, um, it's all basically the same. So, you know, don't, you know, don't throw anything out of the window just because you heard it's bad. I mean, they're just optics. Okay. It's like anything else. So. Everything you said, dowsing rods, crystals, pendulums, Ouija boards, seance on the table with a talking board, you know, table tipping, photographing, you know, you're all inviting spirit in. So, right. If you do any of that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, reach your board's evil, I'm throwing it out, I'm burning it, I would underuse it again, or whatever. Um, It's just a tool. Those are all just tools. Now, it's my guess that that person didn't know, didn't have any training, didn't have any Uh intent, just wanted to invite whoever came in and start working with it. So then... It's okay to use those things as tools as long as you know how to use it. And somebody that doesn't know what to do and should not use it because they could get into trouble, right? Well, either that or just just be really cautious when you use them. I mean, if it all falls back to protecting yourself and not – don't upset the ghost, (laughs) you know. I mean, if if you're going to go into a a location, you know, don't sit there and, and, excuse my language, piss off the ghost because they've been there longer than you You even – have even thought of, you know, so um, obviously, you know, don't go in there and start screaming and yelling at these ghosts because, I mean, think about it, you know, put yourself in their shoes, so to speak, and how would you like somebody walking up in your face and screaming in your face? I mean, as a human, you're going to scream back. I mean, I don't or know who you back, are. Or scratch back and it'll say, that's right. That's right. Or put, yeah. Now, you know, you've, uh, got, you do, you've done EPPs, right? Yes, lots of them. Okay, there's different classes of EVPs, electronic voice phenomena. Like class one is really clear and class five is forget it. So have you gotten some really awesome clear EVPs that you, (laughs) one of them that you, anything you want to mention about and maybe explain to us how it works? Um, Yeah, before I, well, actually we... Me and Russ have this one place that we talk about a lot, and the reasoning behind it is because this place is so haunted. I mean, we, we've had so many experiences there, and it's called the Oxford Saloon, and it's right here in Washington. And the reason we, reason we talk about it is because it was one of the best investigations. We've, I mean, we did it four times. I mean, this place had so much to offer that we couldn't do it all in one investigation. 
So the first time we investigated, Russ and I went to the second floor. We were we were communicating with this man spirit up there, and he was a nasty little bugger, you know, and I didn't like him. His energy felt bad, and he was just an abuser in life. You know, he abused women. Um, he was like a, 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 what do you call a bouncer kind of guy in a brothel, you know. Yes. He was just he was just in generally a mean guy. And we were wandering around up there, and boy, man, he was giving us the worst funhouse effect you ever got in your life. I mean, the dizziness, the, the nausea, the, you know, felt like you were being, you know, like he was on top of you. I mean, the the air was so thick. And we're standing, uh, I'm standing in one of the rooms, and or Russ and I were standing in one of the rooms, and I, and I didn't, I wasn't saying anything. I just had the recorder on. It was in my hand, away from me. And we got an EVP that said, I am the one. And once I heard it, I knew who it was because, you know, he was just a butthead. <laughs> so, wow. you know, yeah. And, and then um, earlier we got an also, also got one that, and this is something that really interests me and I'm still, I'm still working on it as a theory is that I believe that ghosts, when they're trying to communicate with you, especially if you have abilities, they can place um, uh, messages in your head, and you will repeat those messages out loud. I did. Um, I got an EVP that said uh, so-and-so. I never have figured out what the name was that this woman said, but she said, someone is watching you, Okay. Right after she said that, it couldn't have been more than two seconds later, you hear my voice on the recording say, are you, let's see, are you watching us and wondering why we're here? You know, so I believe wow. if, they, if they truly want to get a message across to you, they will put that thought in your head. Yes, and you're going to ask, yeah, they're going to they're going to ask, or, or you're going to ask exactly what they said, or or at least close to it, you know. So, I'd have to say I agree with that for sure. Yeah. Have you ever experimented with the obelus or the Frank box or anything like that? And if yes uh, or no, what's your thoughts on it? Well, yes, we have. Uh, we've used the I think it was the obelus, and I think it was the ghost box we used. Yeah. Um, Russ actually got to experience that more than I did, um, so maybe he can tell you. I mean, we're we like the technology, but we just don't use it because we don't we can't afford all this stuff. You know, I don't know where people get the money to get them. So I know. But, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll let Russ tell you his experience with the ghost box. Okay. Well, for me, um, I went into it very skeptical. Uh, you're using a device that scans all these different frequencies. Uh, what is it every half second or whatever it is and you get certain words that come through and I thought well okay I've never you know I'm, I'm highly skeptical of the fact that you're scanning all this stuff and you're you're taking these words and you're bringing it in and putting it into context of what you're talking about you know it, it's, it's it's an easy mistake to do it you know you could mistakenly uh, get a message that, you know, has nothing to do with it. But the the odd thing was is I went direct through headphones. I was listening real time. I I probably started doing that before anybody else started doing the, the real-time EVPs, uh, just experimenting with it. And I was getting answers 
that couldn't have been random. Uh, there's just no way. Uh, they were answers to questions that the what, whatever was bringing the, the message through, it, it, it couldn't have been just something that was plucked out of the thin air off of one station, that one word, because it actually lined up with what was going on. It, this was a, uh, a place over in Port Orchard. No, uh, that was the Port Orchard thing. We spent the night with Diane at the, the castle. Well, you get it there. Yeah. Well, that's the place I'm talking about. And they they had all these hauntings of there was death uh, involving of some priest upstairs. He hung himself. I don't really know the full story. I never really got the full story. Uh, but the the messages that we got, the names that we got, correlated so close that I had to think this is not random. So in hindsight, when I went in, when I went into this very skeptical, I came out pretty much a believer um, because they do find ways to communicate through uh, white noise, uh, which is static background noise. Uh, sometimes it's a fan, sometimes it's a TV on a, a neutral station that you just get static or a radio that you get static. Sometimes you'll hear it in a car, sometimes you'll hear it on a phone. Sometimes you'll even hear it, uh, like we discussed before, while you're doing a show and you play it back, you'll actually hear an EVP that comes through. Um, It's pretty cool. So electronics uh, play a big part in it. So, uh, yes, I've used them, and yes, I believe in them. That's that's amazing. Uh, What do you have? You've been investigating for years. Is there any memorable experience that you had, like, Oh my God! Did you see that? Did you feel that? And you keep going and stuff happenings, or yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> is there some something that you know you like to, to tell people about? That's one of your more more interesting investigations or experiences. Well, um, I would say that my mo- the the most the one that pops right into my head was our Northern State um, Mental Hospital investigation prior to when Taps did it on TV. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, that sounds interesting. Yeah, um, I was standing, okay, the, you got to understand how big this building is. It was huge, 120,000 square feet. Um, on one level. On one level. Four-story building. Yeah, no, five. Three-story three building. Three, okay. Or four-story oh, building. That, anyway, that's... it's huge. And so um, I'm standing in, okay, the building is shaped like an H, and there's two two top and bottom connecting hallways at each end. Okay, and um, I'm standing in one of the in a big room at the end of one of those little connecting hallways, and everybody's roaming around, you know, doing taking pictures and whatever. And I look down the hall, and I see somebody standing down there. It was a man, and he was dressed in a white, looked like a white doctor coat, you know. And so I. For some reason, I was thinking it was another investigator, and I said, "Hey, who are you know who is that?" And because I didn't, you know, I don't know why I thought that because nobody was wearing a white coat. I mean, obviously. So I start walking down there, and I'm getting my camera ready, you know, and and I'm going to get a picture of this, you know, regardless, and make sure it's not a ghost, you know. So I I start to pull. I get about 
oh, maybe a third of the way down the hall, and I have my camera up, and I'm take, I, I get ready to take a picture, and he just dissipates right before my, before my eyes. Come to find out, and, and this is wow. really weird because come to find out he was also seen in the surgical room by another medium and got this medium got, you know, not, not literally, but got had the experience of being stabbed with a scalpel by this doctor. Um, same guy, wow. and his name was Daughtry, I think his last name was. Yeah, yeah. So Too bad you didn't get that get, picture. Start taking pictures right away as you walked down there. Darn, that would have been amazing well, if it came out. <laughs> yeah, and the interesting thing was is that when when Taps or the Ghost Hunters went in and did that building, they actually caught something right in the same spot where I saw that doctor. Yeah. Wow. A big black mass moving across the hallway. Yeah. So it, that kind of gave me a little validation that I was was not seeing things, <laughs> you know. So that was oh, yeah. a good thing. That was it probably was one of my... It was another person, for God's sake. Yeah, That's I mean, because we had, we had 25 investigators in that building. Wow, so, so you saw an apparition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was plain as day, and he was there, and he was—he looked solid to me because he was standing there with his arms crossed, you know, like you do when you're disgusted or you're, you know, or whatever. Um, that that was kind of the look he had on his face. I mean, I could see his face clearly, and then when I saw his picture um, later on, like cause I was doing history, you know, historical research on the building after the investigation, because that's what we do, um, at least you know, me and Russ, because of our medium stuff, we don't want to you know, corrupt what we're going to get before we get there, you know, kind of thing. And so when I saw his picture on the site that I was researching about the building, I had no doubts that it was a ghost then. So, Well, I bet Russ has something spooky to say. Russ, okay. I have to go take the other route. Did Russ ever go running out of the building, screaming? No, probably not. <laughs> but okay. did Russ have a, a Spooky experience you could tell me about. I got one for you. Uh, okay. This was at uh, this was in Deer Lodge, Montana, at the uh, at the Montana Territorial uh, Prison. It's the original, the first uh, that there ever was built. Uh, wow. Dates back to 1850s. Um, we were in maximum security. Uh, there was a group of us. There was six guys. Uh, <laughs> We we knew something was going on out there because we had uh, sounds uh, from previous investigations, so we wanted to hit it hard. Uh, so we all went in as one group. Uh, we got noises in the back, so we'd go to the back of the building. Then we'd get noises in the front. We'd go to the front of the building, back to the back. So we said, oh, the heck with this. Let's let's trap this thing. We're We're going to trap it. And, well, not trap it, but you know what I mean. We're going to we're going to get it cornered so we can find out what's going on. So we split up: three in the back, three in the front. The sound starts in the middle of us. So we're all, you know, we're all kind of going, "What the heck is this?" And we're all sneaking up, doing the Elmer Fudd thing again. We're, we're going to catch this thing. And I, everybody had their cameras ready. Uh, we come around the corner, and uh, a lot of people. See full body apparitions. Uh, this was 
a full body apparition except for the body. The only thing that we saw was a pair of pants, a black belt, and a white shirt. It lasted for maybe a second and a half, witnessed by four people. And it just wow. went, and vanished. And that was, that was pretty cool. But the scariest thing I've ever really been involved with was uh, uh, at the same place we had uh, – the pl- the place did uh, – the lady's name's Julie. She runs the place. And uh, she brings tour groups through, and we had a bunch of seasoned investigators come through uh, from different groups. It, it was dark. I had full I'm, – I'm naughty. I had full run of the prison. I knew these people were out there, and I knew I knew the upper stairs of the uh, main cell blocks was haunted. I, I've experienced it myself. And uh, she's walking around with these folks, and I thought, well, I'm just going to play a nice practical joke. And I climbed up to the top of the of the the cell. Uh, I scaled the outside because it was locked up so that nobody would know. And this group come around, and she's talking about, well, if you look real close up there, you might see shadows. And I started moving around. And somebody, some, I had black, black hair pants on, black coat, black hat. You couldn't see me for nothing. I was a shadow for sure. And uh, I ducked inside of one of the cells, and they're all, they're, they're shining their lights up there, and you know, and they're they're running their equipment, and they're trying to get their readings and stuff, and. And Sandy's, you know, she's down there giggling. She knows what's going on. And they, they look up and said, if you could only give a sign of your presence and let us see you one more time. And I popped right out and I said, sure, no problem. Scared the crap out of everybody. <laughs> All right. That's great. That's great. I mean, you know, that was probably, I mean, I got, I got, that's the place I got attacked. I, I've seen more ghosts in that place than any other place. Uh, I, I, and they got an auto museum right in front of a 1957 uh, Chevy Bel Air, beautiful car. I was walking around trying to get impressions of where I wanted to do camera placement. I always did it just by feel, uh, you know, where you, where you think the activity is going to go or where your reports are of activity, and we had reports in there. And I was walking around, didn't have no equipment with me. I was just a piece of paper diagramming where I'm going to cover with cameras. Came around the corner right in front of that car, a guy and a girl. Uh, 1950s. He was wearing the white T-shirt, blue, the, you know, the blue jeans. She was in this like bobby sock outfit, or was it was it called poodle skirt? I'd say oh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, and they both looked at me. They both smiled at me, and then they both just vanished. Amazing. It was the th- most thrilling thing of my life, and about the time I was ready to say, "Hey, there's something over here," they were gone. And I was by myself. Yeah. That's the well, horrible thing is to be by yourself. Yeah. It is. You know, where's my camera? Now, we're yeah. getting close to running out of time. You said you were attacked. I'm sure you both have yeah. been attacked on different occasions. Were you pushed, hit, choked, scratched? Or, you know, I'm just kind of curious. What interesting attacks can you tell? Which, I mean, I know it's not interesting to the victim, but maybe the listeners might want to hear something that happened to you. Uh, yeah, okay, well this was this was in that uh same prison system. Uh they had riots in the fifties. They had two riots where uh there was deaths involved. Uh this was a cell where they had kept the uh in or the uh, guards while this riot was going on. Um 
we walked in. The whole thing was is don't jingle the keys, don't jingle the keys. It upsets the ghost. Somebody was jingling the keys. Uh, I went into the cell first. My partner was right behind me, and I felt it was like being in an airplane. When you go up or, or you're climbing a mountain, my ears, the pressure in the room started to change. And yeah. I said, I really sense you. I mean, I knew something was going on. Yeah, I sense and I turned to get tell my guy to get out because I could feel something was going to happen. Right then, it's, I even got it on recording. You could hear what sounds like a nightstick you know, or a blackjack cutting the air, hit me in the chest, threw me back, oh, I don't know, four feet into a concrete wall. The pain is still embedded in my coat to this day. I had a bruise all the way across my chest. And I tell you the truth, I was a frightened little schoolgirl. I did not want to go back in there. Mm-hmm. I, d- I didn't want to go. That scared me to death. I mean, Damn. I was frightened. And, Must be one uh, of the guards that- trying to keep you in the cell. <laughs> yeah, and, and we did EVP sessions later and, and come to find out that I resembled one of the guards uh, that was in the uh, in the original uh, riots and oh wow yeah yeah and that was witnessed by I don't know well the attack was witnessed by one guy he he had his dadgum uh, 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 camera uh, lens cover on he went to take the picture but and it flashed Aww. but he took the picture he had his lens co- his lens cover on so he didn't get the the photo he he took one like a half second later. So. Wow. I wish we could talk more on this, but we have about 90 seconds left. So is there anything you both would like to announce or tell everybody about before we close the show, this very interesting show? Well, just um, have everybody come and listen to us on, uh, listen to Don and them on Sundays, uh, um, me and Rhonda on Tuesdays, and the rest of me and Rhonda on Thursdays. Yep. And you won't be disappointed. We have some great shows. And listen to Donna Stewart and her Fabulous crew on Sci-Fi yes. Radio. It's about to air any minute now. Yep, and I'm going thank over you both. Right All right. Well, thank you, Russ and Sandy, both for being thank on the you. show. It was a pleasure. And uh, you know, time went by fast. We enjoyed it. Thank you, guys, and God bless. God bless you. Thank you Good guys night. so much for everything. Good night. Good night. Good night, Russ. Good night, Sandy. Good night. Good night. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us tonight on Beyond the Gate Radio on September 9th, which will be our next show. We will have Sharon Kincaid, who is the founder of Southern Atlantic Paranormal, and uh, she has many spiritual gifts. We will be talking to her then. Good night, everybody. God bless from Sherelle and I for listening to – thank you for listening to Beyond the Gate Radio. Sherelle, good night. Good night. Good night, David. Thank you.